as we conclude this series of spiritual truth and mysteries of the kingdom as relevant to preparing for marriage, I want to draw your attention to four practical issues that you must take very seriously as soon as you look at the will of God for your life. And the first of them, the first on my list is, go for it once you see the hand of God in it. Why should you delay to act or say yes when you are super convinced that God is involved? As soon as Elias recounted his experience to the family of Rebekah in Genesis chapter 24, verse 32 to 35, the family could testify and attest to the fact that everything was arranged and organized by the Lord without any doubt. But in verse 55, the mother and her brother became emotional and they could not release Rebekah to Eliezer immediately. But when they asked the young lady if she was ready to follow Eliezer, Rebekah had a profound answer in verse 58 where she said, I will go. Instantly, I will go. Wow, no drama, no need of playing hard to get. Friends, once you sense God's involvement, there is no need for drama. No need for drama. It is absolutely unnecessary to claim that you are praying and fasting for 12 months before providing an answer just to feel good and prove that you are hard to get. You must understand that playing hard to get is the culture of the world and has no connection whatsoever with how things are done in God's kingdom. I have seen many people live in deep, deep regret for years because they took for granted a great door of opportunity God opened before them. Please note that Rebecca did not go for endless prayer and fasting to know if it was good to go or not. No, she did not. She had an instant answer. She probably had her doubts, some fears, and many things to worry about. She was ready to go anyway. She was ready to go, provided God was involved. Right there and then she told them all, her mother, her brothers, her families, family members, I will go, I will go. For she perceived the leading of the Lord. Brothers who delay to take a bold step of faith when God speaks to them might easily miss the will of God for their lives. Delay is not of God. No, it's not of God. You must learn to walk in alignment with God's timing. Don't be double-minded. For James chapter 1 verse 8 tells us that the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Make up your mind. Make up your mind. Do not delay. Go for it once you see the hand of God in it. 
So once you are convinced that the hand of God is in your relationship, secure the blessings of the people God has positioned around you before you go. The blessing of your family members, the blessings of your parents, the blessings of your spiritual family, your pastors, your leaders, wherever. The people, your friends, never forget the fact that the mother and the brother of Rebecca blessed her in Genesis 24 verse 60 before she departed. Number two, think through the process by giving attention to meditation. Genesis 24 verse 62 to 63 says, Now Isaac had come from Beer-Lahai-Rohi, for he was living in the Negev. He went out to the field one evening to meditate. He went out, verse 63, out of the field one evening to meditate. And as he looked up, he saw camels approaching. Hallelujah. Wow. Although someone else had the responsibility to find a wife for Isaac, he was nevertheless a man who understood the power of meditation. And meditation on the word of God is a sign of maturity and growth. Yes, meditation always brings the blessings of the Lord. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, God prescribed consistent meditation on God's word day and night as a way to victory and prosperity for Joshua. This book of the law shall not depart. Meditate on it day and night and thou shalt make your way prosperous and thou shalt have good success. Meditation. Psalm 1 verse 2 tells us that a man who meditates on the word of the Lord is blessed. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 15, Paul charged Timothy saying, Meditate on these things. Give yourself wholly unto them and your profiting will appear unto all men. So, meditation is defined as the process of giving your attention to only one thing. So, before you go into that marriage, give attention to meditation. Do not be a person of many things at a time and yet realizing nothing. Mature in your thinking. Mature in your thinking. Marriage requires the maturity of the mind. Thinking and meditation grows your mind. That's one of the advantages of it. It grows. It develops your mind. So pay attention to your thinking pattern. Pay attention. Give attention to meditation. Give attention to reading. Read the word. Read good books that will develop your spiritual mental capacity. Read proper books. And not just 500 nuggets of wisdom. You don't need nuggets. You need real food for marriage. Nuggets are good on the way to other things. But for marriage, you need solid food. You need the word that is able to build your soul for marriage. As a man going into marriage, as a woman going into marriage, you should know all the scriptures that talks about marriage. Her husband should know all the scriptures. All the sky challenge you to it. You should know all the scripture as a man in the Bible that teaches on how to be a good husband to your wife. And as a woman, you should know all the scriptures that defines your role as a wife and as a mother and trust God to obey them even before you step into marriage. 
look for messages like this and many others and listen to them and make your notes also. Do your best to write down what the Lord impresses on your heart. I feel very sorry many times for people who have no single note. No, no single note on visions and dreams and thoughts concerning their marriages or their marriage. What has God said to you concerning your marriage? What is God's main purpose and plan for bringing you two together? It is beyond sex and children, my friend. Yes, children are wonderful heritage from the Lord. You should be fruitful. But marriage is not all about sex. There is purpose to your marriage. Spend time. Spend time to discover God's eternal purpose for bringing you together. Give attention to reading and to meditation. And you know what? You are privileged. I mean, you are privileged. We are privileged. Isaac had no scriptures to meditate upon. He had no books. He had no messages to listen to. Yet, he left his home, his comfort zone, and went to the field alone, alone, and spent his time meditating. Meditation was his lifestyle. For Eliezer knew exactly where to find to find Isaac. The wife Rebekah was discovered at the well, a place of depth. The husband Isaac was met on the field meditating. So tell me, why would such a couple not succeed graciously? Why would they not make it? Why would this power couple not become something awesome in life? Give attention to deep thinking. Give attention to deep meditation. Number three, very importantly, ensure decency and cover yourself. This is a lot to my sisters and also to my brothers. Genesis 24, verse 64 and 65. Rebekah also looked up and saw Isaac. She got down from her camel and asked the servant, Who is that man in the field coming to meet us? He is my master, the servant answered. So she took a veil and covered herself. She took her veil, a veil, and covered herself. Rebecca, in my opinion, did the opposite of what many young ladies and men will have done in my generation. Many sisters will have immediately, probably, brought out their makeup kits so as to look more attractive to their beloved. Some would have even made their clothes more revealing to show the cleavages, maybe, and lure him to seal up the relationship. After all, he is going to be my husband anyways. They would mutter that under their breath. Why, 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 why don't I? He can see everything. But Rebecca knew that the adornment of inner virtues is far more important than the outward appearance. And spirit-filled men they look beyond the outward appearance. So Rebecca covered herself. She covered her body. Yes. Yes. Why reveal your body to the man you are not yet married to? To be plain honest, revealing your body carelessly is an indication of the spirit of seduction at work in you. 
Proverbs chapter 7 verse 10 clearly shows that there are various classification of dresses in the, in the Bible. There are dresses or attires classified in scripture as the attire of a harlot. Read it. So why should a woman, tell me, why should a woman or man of God be dressed in clothes, in, in, in garments that are scripturally labeled as the garments and clothes of harlots? Sister, sister, in a genuine God-given relationship, sisters in, 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 in God-ordained relationship should be properly clad, decently covered, and properly represent God. Every serious-minded, life-oriented organization provide decent dressing code for their staff. The police uniform in most of the countries I have been to is decent. The medical practitioner, doctors and nurses even have lab coats that they wear on their personal dresses. So think of a life-saving organization, a serious one, and check out if their dress code is revealing or well-covered. Marriage is a life-giving and life-saving situation. institution. I mean... Cover your body. Cover yourself. Premature exposure of what is in the womb of a woman is a sign of miscarriage. Don't miscarry what God has already given you by trying to expose before time what should be covered. Our matriarch Rebecca shows a pattern and an example. Sister, cover yourself. Brother, cover yourself. Finally, Number four, avoid the temptation of staying together before marriage. Genesis 24 verse 67 tells us that Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebekah and she became his wife and he loved her and Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Isaac did not take Rebekah to his own tent. No, he took her to his mother's tent first and afterwards took her as his wife. Don't take a woman or man who has not become your wife or your husband to your tent. I repeat that. Don't take a woman, yes, or a man who has not become your wife or your husband to your tent. I know we have so subsidized the place of sexual purity such that it is considered as normal for intending couples to live in sexual sin before marriage. Friends, may I say to you in capital letters, may I say to you boldly that it is a sin to have sex with someone who has not become your wife. Some Christians believe that grace is a justification for sin, but folks, the real and true grace of God empowers you to live above sin such that Romans chapter 6 verse 14 which says that sin will no longer have dominion over you can become a reality in your life. The cheap grace which men talk about continues to keep men under the bondage of sin and iniquity and James chapter 1 verse 15 tells us that when sin is finished it brings forth death do not take the grace of God for granted. Don't let sexual sin wreck your relationship with God and with yourselves. 
Hebrews 13 verse 4 says, marriage is honorable with the bed undefiled. So keep yourselves pure. Avoid unnecessary body contacts that produces spiritual contamination. Flee from all appearances of evil. Live in the consciousness of the fact that God is always with you, even when no man is there with you. Remember at all times that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and whosoever defiles your body, him or her will the Lord destroy. Will you be happy to see God destroy your husband-to-be for defiling your body, which is God's temple? If you have fallen into sin, there is still hope for you, my dear friend. You can redefine your relationship today and make a commitment to the Lord not to indulge in sin again. Go to a trusted leader, a brother, a couple in your church around you. They will agree with you, pray for you, and help you grow in Christ. Do not forget, sin is a sinker sin is a sinker don't include it in the foundation of your marriage live holy present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto the lord romans chapter 12 verse 1 father lord i want to thank you this morning i thank you holy spirit for your word that has come forth and i thank you for grace and strength to do that which you have instructed us to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.